0: Welcome to another episode of the cubic report. We're glad that you joined us today. Once again, we have leadership development influencer, Greg Thomas, back on our podcast. Greg is a leadership consultant, author, keynote speaker, and coach that I have known for decades. Today, we will continue our discussion on the important principles of personal leadership. As a reminder, you can learn more about Greg's training skills on his YouTube site. Simply type in leadership excellence, one word, leadership excellence, on the YouTube homepage search bar, and you will find him. I did, and I'm one of the subscribers to his YouTube channel. We have been discussing his book, Making Life's Puzzle Pieces Fit, Using the 12 Principles of Personal Leadership. This is one of two books that Greg has written, and we have gone through the 12 points of this, or going through the 12 points of this. So, Greg, it's been a while, then.
1: Welcome back. Well, thank you, Vic. It's great to be back. I was ill for a while. Actually, I had, for the first time ever, I had COVID-19 about a month ago, and that was quite an experience, but I got through it, and I'm a firm believer that when you live in the light of eternity, nothing is wasted in your life, no experience is wasted. The good experiences, the bad experiences, the positive and the challenging experiences all have a purpose for your life. So I'm back and I feel good and it's great to be with you again.
0: Well, so good to be here. It's been two months now since we did our last podcast. Almost to the day back in September. And I'm just anxious to get back to a continuation of talking to you about important principles that you have for leadership. So, Greg, in the previous podcast, we covered the importance of personal leadership. In fact, that's the tagline for your book, Making Life's Puzzle Pieces Fit. And we discussed the first nine of the 12 principles of personal leadership from your book. And I'd like to to have you take a few minutes to give us a quick recap of them. For someone who didn't listen to the previous three podcasts, which you can, you can go back to one of the places where we list our podcasts on The Cubic Report and listen to them. Can we take a few minutes to give a quick recap of them for someone who didn't listen to the previous three podcasts?
1: Well, sure, I'd be happy to, Vic. I'll, I'll give them a broad brush and encourage anyone who's listening to this uh, to go back and listen to the previous podcast because we were able to cover these principles in a lot more detail than I will now. Um, but if you didn't hear the podcast before, we certainly uh, want you to get a good flavor of what the principles were. So we started with number one, which is the right visionary goals. And it's a, they're visionary goals because vision is important to us. It's a mental picture that prods us and motivates us. It's an inspirational snapshot of something we desire to be or see in the future. So the goals have to be visionary. They have to inspire us. They have to create within us a drive and a motivation to want to achieve those goals. And then the second part of that, of course, the word goals are necessary to provide a blueprint for our future. Too many people live their lives fragmented they have no purpose, they have no mission statement, they're just stumbling through life. But when you have goals that are aligned with your personal mission statement, goals that are a blueprint for your future, then you're able to achieve the things that you have chosen, the things that you desire to achieve as stated in your mission statement.
0: You know, Greg, one thing I have found that by going through the principles that you have gone through already in particular, the right visionary goals that there's application here to so many things in life i found it to be a direct application to a career choice that we make as we mm-hmm. go to college to the kind of person uh, that we marry and uh, other life's goals and passions so i feel like that is so very important if you don't get started right who knows where you'll end up
1: yeah if we need to choose seize control of our lives and choose the direction we want our life to go in. And the way that we do that is through establishing goals that are important to us, goals that inspire us, that motivate us, and again, that that are aligned with our personal mission statement, which, as we've covered before, should be created first before we start creating our goals. And then through the goal process, we create short-term goals through life that are the stepping stones to achieving long-term goals. So you might have a, a goal that would take five years to achieve. uh, That in itself may seem seem overwhelming and hard to achieve. But if you go ahead and you break that down into smaller stepping stones or short-term goals, then you're able to easily achieve that long-term goal bit by bit, step by step. And also understanding these visionary goals is appreciating that positive affirmations, are a form of vision of positive affirmation is something that we repeat to ourselves, that we hope to be true, that we desire to be true, even if we're not quite there yet it's visionary thinking you picture the person you want to be in your mind and these positive affirmations help us help motivate us help rewire our thinking sometimes from say a negative perspective to a positive perspective or a focus on something we want to focus on and that's why tied together with visionary goals is the use of positive affirmations. Another form of visualization is use physical objects, a a picture of your goal. You can hang on a wall, something you want to achieve, a sample of your goal. Um, These can be displayed on your desk or on a wall to remind you of why it's important to you, why it's something uh, that you want to achieve in your life. So again, that's the first one, uh, visionary goals. The second, principle is continuous education. So many people just quit growing and learning when their formal education ends, or they just allow the media, they allow uh, the the world that we live in today uh, to be their educator, and they just begin repeating the things that they hear instead of learning things for themselves. Having an attitude of continuous education gives us the knowledge and wisdom to reach our goals. It prepares us for achievement. It's that necessary price that we pay in order to achieve success. And even once we've achieved our goals, having a good continuous education can help us to maintain the things that we've achieved. Mm -hmm. Uh, It helps us uh, to uh, solidify our accomplishments. And when we talk about a continuous education, we're talking about a complete balanced education that develops the mind, that develops the body, that rewards us emotionally, that develops our personality. And all of this makes life much more fulfilling and rewarding. And it guides us to be more proactive and to form our own opinions and values. When you you have a continuous education, you're learning from a number of different areas. You're open-minded and your own opinions and values are something that's formed from what you've learned rather than just repeating what the media tells us we should believe or what our opinions should be.
0: But I find that it's extremely important in no matter what happens in life, even a setback or things that don't go your way, is to ask the question, what did I learn from this? How can I be better educated from this mistake not to do it again or to use it as a springboard for successes?
1: Yeah, Vic, you're right on. That's absolutely correct. And again, so many people that I know, a lot of people that my coaching clients have just, uh, when their formal education ended, uh, they stopped learning. And it's amazing how many people never read a book, how many people just allow their minds to be force-fed, talking heads, or what they see in the evening TV shows, or what they're reading on the internet. And rather than learning and growing, they're allowing uh, their minds to be primed and directed by Uh, a world that really doesn't care about your values or your own personal mission so an attitude of continuous education each and every day looking at life as an experience to grow to learn more um, and having an open mind to do that is very very important and then there was the third principle one that's been on my mind a lot lately and that is uh, maintaining your health and it's just simple basics of maintaining a healthy lifestyle and sure we're we're physical and we're all occasionally going to get diseases and we're going to struggle with things but in spite of that we need to do everything we can to take care of ourselves and even if we do get diseases and struggle with issues if we're taking care of ourselves we're going to be able to heal more quickly we're going to have a, a stronger immune system and it's going to benefit us if we just do some basic simple things eating a healthy diet that's primarily composed of fruits and vegetables and whole grains having a regular exercise routine one that strengthens our cardiovascular system um getting uh, plenty of water to drink making sure that we're eliminating toxins by drinking plenty of water getting enough sleep and rest at night which is so important to, to replenishing our body and being able to reduce stress a big buzzword today in the world and the community is a term called self-care and self-care basically are doing things to take care of our minds and bodies and souls by engaging in activities that promote our well-being and Mm -hmm. reduce stress. That's all self-care means. It means being aware and focusing on the fact that we really do need to take care of ourselves. If we want to have a productive life, if we want to feel good, if we want to have the energy to do the things that we hope to do, then we need to take care of ourselves and we need to do everything we can to maintain our health wherever and whatever level our health is, depending on our age and we may have chronic diseases and and things, but wherever we're at, we need to do everything we can to maintain our present health.
0: Then we'll come down to the fourth principle.
1: The fourth (laughs) principle is driving forward. Uh, Driving forward gives us a personal vision that fuels our drive, and it's a determination to have momentum When we face obstacles, we will most certainly face obstacles to go over, under, around or even through the obstacles to do whatever it takes to get past something that's trying to stop us from being able to achieve our goals. It's the ability to push ourselves through very difficult situations. And if you're in business, for example, if you're a business leader or you, you lead a department, other people will be inspired by our example of driving forward of looking at obstacles not as a barrier but as a challenge of something that we absolutely positively can overcome so People see that and people can be inspired by it. And, of course, driving forward means not constantly looking into the past to relive negative events or experiences. Again, uh, some of my coaching clients, they really struggle with this. They allow that negative self-talk in their minds to keep pulling up these uh, bad episodes of their life and to relive those negative events over and over again. It's kind of a form of self-torture. You got to let go. Uh, Certainly when we've had a a negative experience, when we've had a major mistake or just something has gone terribly bad, we certainly should process it once to make sure that we have learned from that experience, much like you mentioned a few minutes ago, but then take that and let it go and move on in life in a positive direction. That's what... uh, Driving forward helps us to realize and, and focuses on the importance of doing that. And then there's principle number five, which is utilizing your resources. All of us have an incredible potential of mental, emotional, and physical resources. And when we do face an obstacle, when we do come up with some kind of barrier in our lives, to realize the importance that we have resources available that oftentimes we just don't tap into. Uh, We have mental agility. We have incredible imagination. We are a creative people. Uh, We can use out of the box thinking. We can ask lots of what if questions. And if we're open minded, we oftentimes can look at things from a different perspective and then end up finding a solution to whatever that problem is, physical resources. We have physical attributes like our energy level, uh, the ability to respond quickly to events and to things. We have technological tools we can rely on. We can look back at history to learn from it. We can do research. Well, we all have a network. We all have friends and we all have former coworkers. We all have people that we consider to be mentors. Some of us are involved in business groups. So we all have a network of people who are very smart and have probably experienced the same things we have. And by tapping into that network, it can help us to overcome any obstacle or any problem. Mm -hmm. And then leveraging our personal strengths. We all have personal strengths. We all have weaknesses. Relying on those personal strengths to help us to overcome an issue or overcome a problem is something that we often don't do enough. Realize that we are stronger than we think Most of us are far more gifted than we appreciate. We have gifts we haven't even discovered yet. And uh, sometimes we go through things in life that bring out a gift that's been latent our whole lifetimes. It was always there, always available to be used, but sometimes it takes a unique situation to pull it out and help us to realize just how uh, blessed and how gifted we are.
0: Now the next one is dealing with disappointments. Um,
1: Yeah, and it it is human. First of all, we need to realize that it's human, natural, and normal to go through periods of life in which we have disappointments. If it goes, if if we're melancholy, if we're discouraged for more than a week or two, then I encourage you to see a healthcare professional. But we all, it is human to experience disappointments in our life. But there's some things that we should understand And realize. And then when we do enter those times of disappointment, I think it gives us a better perspective. First of all, time has a way of turning a lot of perceived failures into successes. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous podcast, and it may even be apocryphal, but there's a story about grape growers in California who had a terrible drought. Obviously, many were going into bankruptcy. Well, one particular entrepreneur picked all of his shriveled up drought ridden grapes off of the vine and uh, i think he soaked them in sugar or whatever and then he went and he sold them as uh, peruvian delicacies and uh, we've been all eating raisins ever since is (laughs) the way the, the way the story goes right so time has a way of turning a lot of things that we immediately perceive as a failure over a period of time into realizing, oh, that wasn't that bad. Oh, that turned out okay. And that's why it's important to have a long-term perspective on life and events. Viewing things only from right now, the way we feel any given day, is an incomplete and distorted view of our life. And obviously, when we're going through disappointments, we're usually down on ourselves. We're usually melancholy. And we're viewing the world from that right now, and that's going to tend to be negative, but we need to realize that that day and the feeling that we have then right now is incomplete, and it's in a distorted view of our lives. So um, continue to work through those times. There are certain things that we can do. Uh, In my case, I listen to music, particular music that I love. I try to go out and do something good for another person. I know my own weaknesses. So what I don't do is hibernate because I believe that uh, the mind is a terrible neighborhood to go into alone. So I just don't sit around and brood. I try to get around people and communicate with people and do something good and positive for others. And another perspective that's really important is realizing that personal struggle and self-doubt, those are the fertilizers of achievement. That's normally what it takes to take our lives to a whole new level, going through a period of struggle and then self-doubt and wondering maybe why we're doing it, wondering if if we're having any positive effect, uh, doubting ourselves in various ways. That usually is the fertilizer that is preparing us for a whole new challenge and a whole new level in life. So, when we're going through disappointments, take a mental break for a few days, do some things that you usually enjoy, make sure that you don't isolate yourself, uh, be around people who love you, uh, people you love, uh, do something good for others, give it a few days. And uh, you, again, we, we should work our way through it and come out on the other end, learning something about ourselves. And actually, being stronger.
0: Uh, I know that uh, people have really appreciated this point, and you're giving encouragement about a person who has self-doubts, a person who maybe doesn't know how this thing will work out. But to give them encouragement that, wait a minute, just back off, just wait a little bit. Things will get better. Mm-hmm. In fact, when things are yep. really bad, sometimes the only thing that can really happen is something to be better. Really, <laughs> they can't get worse. So, what what we uh, do in life, and I think it's important in the times that we live right now where there are so many potentially discouraging and and even catastrophic things around us is to have this positive outlook because we are going to be facing tough financial times I mean, there are huge layoffs right now taking place in Mm -hmm. the industry. There are going to be people with great disappointments, and maybe even some people listening to this. But if they can understand that in the whole scope of life and the whole running of the universe, that's only one aspect, and to be prepared with the mentality to cope with it, to deal with it, and and to get the, like you said, find the diversions and to find the help to be able to move on.
1: Absolutely. You remind me of something Winston Churchill said, probably as a result of what he experienced as uh, the British prime minister. But he said, when you're going through hell, keep going. In other (laughs) words, don't stop and look at the wallpaper. Uh, You know, don't stop and have a few conversations. If you're going through something that's really hellacious, difficult, challenging, just keep working your way through it Mm -hmm. and keep going forward and keep being positive, keep doing things to get you outside of that situation and back to where you want to be. Okay, well, then we had principle number seven, which is a life in balance. And that's so important. I think I quoted from the Encarta Dictionary last time, and I'll I'll quote this again because I just think it's so important. That's a state in which various elements form a satisfying and harmonious whole. And nothing is out of proportion or unduly emphasized at the expense of the rest. So that's when our physical, our mental, and our emotional lives are imbalanced and are working as a satisfying and harmonious whole. And that means not nurturing and tolerating our own destructive behaviors. And if we see something in ourselves that hurts us or hurts people that we love to not nurture and tolerate it, but to do everything we can to eliminate that behavior. And again, if we need professional help in doing that, having the humility to get the help that we need to eliminate anything that's a destructive behavior. And those that includes substance abuse. It includes uh, sometimes the things that we say, if it borders on emotional abuse, it can include a lot of things that are destructive and hurt ourselves ultimately and hurt the people that we love. It also means avoiding obsessions. Uh, again, as a, some of my coaching clients, they spend too much time obsessed about one or a couple of particular things. And anything that's physical or mental that controls our thinking, that just ultimately dominates us and dominates our thinking, long term will be harmful. So we want to avoid any kind of obsessions. Because in time, dysfunction becomes the accepted norm. If we're dysfunctional long enough, that becomes the new normal. Mm-hmm. And we become comfortable, we get in a rut, and we become comfortable thinking that way or doing things that way. And all of that does is perpetuate the lack of balance in our lives. The bottom line is we have finite, limited human resources, and we have to use those limited resources wisely. And effectively, we can't waste our resources on destructive behaviors, on um, obsessive thoughts, and things that are we're allowing to control us. We have to use those limited human resources in a balanced way and wisely and effectively in order to achieve the kinds of things we want to achieve.
0: And you mentioned about bad habits that we can get into. One is. Complaining, I, I heard a very good mm-hmm. message this past week about the antidote to complaining is to be thankful, especially that this mm-hmm. is Thanksgiving week. But complaining can become something which is natural, where we always just see the dark side of things always. When we mm-hmm. get, you know, when you said, know yourself, or uh, it, that would be one of the future things you'll be talking mm-hmm. about, but uh, about uh, looking to the future We need to ask ourselves, how do we think? And what are the patterns that we have? Uh, Do we come back with something positive, neutral, or negative? And perhaps we have too much
1: negative. Yeah, I think certainly as a culture, we have too much negative. And unfortunately, according to psychologists, wired into our natural human brains. I think I mentioned in an earlier podcast where they say up to 80% of what we think is negative and works against us. So that's why we have to be aware of our self-talk. We have to find ways to shut down that negativity and uh, positive affirmations, by the way, is a great way to begin to rewire our thinking and to begin when we notice ourselves getting negative to repeat that positive affirmation, to rewire our thinking and to begin to minimize uh, the negativity of our self-talk. And then principle number eight is simple diversions. Uh, The human mind was created to need recreation on an ongoing regular basis when we're small children we play all the time we live to play Uh, that's recreation unfortunately as we become adults we uh, lose some of that but we dream every night because our mind is recreating the events of the day, and our mind is being refreshed and organizing and sorting all of the thoughts and the things that occurred during our conscious period of the day. So dreaming itself is just a, an example of the need for recreation. Sometimes we become so busy achieving, and certainly I'm uh, very pro achievement and encourage people uh, achieve their dreams and to, to do the things that they desire to do. But again, we don't want that to become an obsession either. Some people become so busy achieving that they stop to forget and forget to enjoy life. Uh, The old phrase, stop to smell the roses. That's really important. After all, we are human beings. We're not human doings. And we are beings, and that means that we should be able to enjoy life, that we should have balance. We find fulfillment in work. We should find fulfillment in relationships and fulfillment in recreation And rest as well. And simple diversions, they should be positive. They should be in harmony with our values and our morals. The the reason they're called simple diversions, by the way, is usually they don't cost anything. Mm -hmm. They don't have an expensive price tag. Uh, Going out and taking a walk with uh, someone you love on holding hands and taking a walk down the street doesn't cost you anything. Going out and playing a badminton in the backyard, if you have a badminton set already, that's not going to cost you anything. So none of these things are expensive, but they're very important to our emotional and our mental perspective in life. And, And we need to experience those diversions both daily and weekly. Getting out of a work routine one day a week is a very ancient religious principle for good reason for a number of religions. And that is we need to be reminded at least once a week to get off the merry-go-round of life and and ponder the meaning of life and get some rest. And um, if you're a spiritual person, reflect on the, the importance and the reason for your spirituality. And those weekly days of rest are very, very important, but it's also true during the day, um, Take your scheduled breaks each day. You know, my Fitbit that I wear in my wrist, if, uh, if I don't get out of my chair in, in 60 minutes, it buzzes me. And it says very unkind things like, get up <laughs> and move. <laughs> and, but that's a good thing because it knows uh, we've come to see through a lot of scientific research that we all sit too much in our mind. Those of us that are more technologically oriented we need to get exercise we need to get up we need to take a walk we need to spend time with our loved ones so take your scheduled breaks each day if you uh, have regular vacations take those vacations you're in, you know you're not impressing anyone by skipping vacations and just work 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 again we don't want work or achievement to become an obsession either we want to focus on living a life in balance so that's why those simple diversions are so important. Then there's principle number nine, which is one of my favorite. It's meaningful relationships. Having loving emotional connections are natural for human beings. That's what we want and need. Strip it all away. And what we really want is to love others and to be loved. And nothing provides a greater level of contentment, of joy and purpose than to love other people and to feel loved, Do. Ah, uh, beyond the you know the reciprocal end of a relationship and the feel like you are loved. And we do that by making sure that we look at our relationships as a valued investment. We have to make an investment in others. That means we have to spend time with them. We have to talk to them. We have to occasionally engage with them, uh, our, even our distance friendships, uh, an email, an occasional phone call, sending, a card, uh, sending a text. That's part of making that investment in our relationships. Every day is a single gift and none of us are promised a tomorrow. So therefore, since today is a gift, we need to realize the importance of having these meaningful relationships and let our loved ones and friends know that we value them. I may have mentioned it last time at the end of our days, uh, what's gonna be most important in your final moments are those people that are surrounding you, are your loved ones who were there talking to you and caring for you and telling you how much they loved you. That truly is uh, the most important thing. I, I never saw a headstone that said, I wish I had worked more. I've never seen that, even though, come to think of it, I did see a headstone once Seriously, that said, see, I told you I was sick. <laughs> that, so, was, <laughs> that, was, so, that was from a
0: hypochondriac.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, it could be. But that's that's a true story. I actually did see that in the uh, graveyard once. Uh, but meaningful relationships are so essential and so important in having a fulfilling life. Now we come to principle number 10, and it's the first one uh, that we're covering of our podcast today, and that is know yourself and that's an ancient greek aphorism and what i meant when i originally wrote the phrase know thyself in the, in a modern a term of the 21st century all of us are a mixture of good and bad qualities and we need to know what those qualities are we need to have the humility and we need to have the empathy in order to understand our good and our bad qualities. Possessing good values helps to regulate our behavior. We need to know the areas in which we are very good and lean on those things and use those things to to regulate our behavior. And learning both our strengths and weaknesses will serve us well from a business sense. What I learned many years ago is I learned and understood my strengths. And then those areas that I was weak, I looked for staff or I looked for people Who were very good at areas that I recognized in myself that I wasn't so good at. And that brought balance to the team. That brought balance to the department. But you can only understand what your weaknesses are if you've taken the time, if you've been humble enough to ponder your strengths and to ponder the things that we're struggling with and to stop denying or excusing away our bad behaviors. We need to recognize our bad behaviors. We need to work on eliminating our bad behaviors and our bad qualities, and that will make us a better person. It will make us uh, someone that people can have greater confidence in, that people can have a greater level of faith in, And we do that, we begin to do all of this by listening closely to criticism. It's natural to bristle at criticism, but to know thyself means to listen to criticism closely and to always remember that much truth is spoken in jest. Sometimes someone will say something to us in jest or in humor, but if we look at it closely, oftentimes we'll see there's a subliminal message that they're trying to tell us in a tactful way. Uh, Probably about 10, 15 years ago, I saw a very noted uh, religious figure uh, interviewed on CBS News. And he's a little bit controversial and he was uh, being interviewed in CBS News and they said to him, well, what do you do? How do you feel when you receive criticism? And I'll never forget his answer because I was very impressed with his answer. He said, well, the first thing I do is I sit down and I examine it and I ask myself if it's true. He said, and secondarily, then I begin to examine myself and I say, is there something that I'm saying or doing that is giving them the impression that what they say is true? And I was just very impressed with his humility in the way That he answered that rather than just blowing off uh, criticism is not important or they're all people with bad attitudes or whatever. He took criticism. uh, Seriously criticism that he received So we want to acknowledge our capabilities and, and also acknowledge our personal challenges and pitfalls. And by knowing this, it'll help us to guard against destructive behaviors. There are things that I know about myself that I I push a very wide latitude between myself and that thing. I know myself enough and know my potentially destructive desires that I avoid from a distance anything that can pull me towards that pitfall or towards that problem. And that's because I've taken the time in my own life, self-examine my life to be humble enough to, to say, I'm not really good at this, or this is tempting, or this is something that could potentially destroy me. And I create and avoid from a distance anything that can pull me in that direction. So part of that, again, is understanding the importance of knowing ourselves. And when we begin to see those things, particularly our weaknesses, of course, we can develop goals to address our weaknesses. As I said earlier, if they're serious, We can get professional help and knowing thyself usually is part of discovering a great passion that inspires and motivates us Uh, knowing thyself means that we say this is something that i'm willing to live for something i'm willing to die for something that just excites me something that inspires me something that motivates me and this is what i want to do in my life or this is what i want to do for others, all of that is part of knowing ourselves. Sometimes
0: we have absolute blindness towards something that others see so very clearly. And oh yeah, what one person was told that look, you don't listen. You know, you're always talking. You don't answer my questions. Mm-hmm. You're always thinking about what you want to say, and you really don't try to dig out what I'm trying to say. What well, one time a person said, you you have so and so come and talk to you. And he said, "No, I don't want that person to talk to me because I can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> 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 because he's always yakking, he's always talking, he's not listening." And, sure. And the good news about this is, this was, was some time back. This mm-hmm. person who was the talker, you know, what I what I discussed with him why this person is so upset. I said, "You need to listen to him. You need to answer his questions and not talk about those things that you have." And, and there are things in our lives that may take a whole lifetime for us to be able to. Uh, understand fully what it is, and change. I think of, anciently, Job. He had every excuse when he was tried for why he was justified. He was right. And actually, he was quite a good guy. He he, he really was a very, very competent person, but he honestly didn't see something for a long, long time about his Mm -hmm. pride, the way that he compared himself to something much greater as God. And finally, at the very end, he did see himself. He did really know himself at the end. And to me, in one of the longer books of the Bible, it is wonderful to see that a lesson is being taught. There are things that I want to learn, you know, before I leave this earth about myself that I can change even at the later stages.
1: Oh, sure, sure. And the key to all of this, Vic, is that personal growth comes from reinventing ourselves. And when you look at all of these principles, it's about constantly evaluating our behavior and our lives, constantly improving our lives with goals, being humble enough to examine the areas that we need to change and grow in. And part of this, getting back again, part something that can help us, are the use of those uh, positive uh, affirmations and using those daily because they can help us to reinforce, the positive behaviors we want to acquire, they can help us to reinforce better thinking habits to displace a lot of the negativity. Stagnation comes from accepting things the way they are, just giving up on life, giving up on ourselves. And that's what happens to far too many people They end up living in a self-imposed rut. We don't want that to happen to anyone. So knowing ourselves And again this isn't when i say know ourselves i'm not talking about some beat up session where we tear ourselves to shreds as if that's some kind of um you know great level of humility or spirituality if we just tear ourselves up and beat ourselves up that's not what it's about at all it's about being very candid and understanding our own human nature and being humble enough to say, these are the things I'm very good at. I need to focus on these. I need to use these and abilities. And these are areas that I need to change and grow in. And part of this also ties into having a regular self appraisal, a yearly personal evaluation. Every spring, I take time out to review my mission statement, I take time out to reflect on my life. How am I doing? Where am I going? What's the next adventure uh, that I want to uh, begin working on? I do that every springtime. I take time out to do that. So, that regular self appraisal annually and then occasionally as we may go through various experiences that challenge us are very, very good things. It's interesting that in Uh, There's an article in Psychology Today, the article was entitled, Why is Narcissism Increasing Among Young Americans? Here's what it said. It said, approximately 70% of students today score higher on narcissism and lower on empathy than did the average student 30 years ago. So these are individuals who don't realize just how narcissistically oriented they are. And they're number of reasons part of it is social media has made most people more uh, narcissistic the the self-esteem movement beginning back in the 1980s was a part of that the lack of free play compared to The way it was 30 years ago kids spend their lives on looking at tablets looking at slates of glass today rather going out and and playing with other kids and learning how to work through things and problems and so on -on one-on-one with other kids but we have a booming percentage of narcissism we have politicians that obviously have narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. and We have a real issue because people are denying who and what they are. They're living their lives narcissistically, they're hurting themselves, they're hurting other people. We don't want to be like that. If we want to get the most of it out of our lives, we need to humbly know thyself and take the time to do that.
0: And I think that's an extremely important point about being able to be not only a well-adjusted person, but also to be a leader because people don't like to be listening necessarily to a person that's just talking about themselves.
1: One other thing I wanted to tie in with Knowing Thyself is something that happened around the year 2000 that was revolutionary, really, in the understanding of uh, human beings and, and how we work and how productive and how influential we are. It's something called emotional intelligence. It was introduced by a man named Daniel Goleman in a book, Working with emotional intelligence. It used to be that people thought that what you needed to be successful was a high IQ, mental acuity, and maybe some charisma or the ability to make sharp decisions. What studies have come to see and has been clearly proven is the most important aspect of being successful, getting the most out of your life is what's called Emotional intelligence, also known as EI. That's the ability to perceive and interpret and control your emotions. It's the ability to communicate with and relate with others effectively and constructively by controlling your emotions. It's also the ability to regulate our own emotions. And some of the characteristics of people who have high emotional intelligence is they can identify what people are feeling. They can sense that, and they can adjust their emotions to what they see people are feeling at the minute. Being aware of your strengths and weaknesses, that's part of knowing thyself. Accepting and embracing necessary change. Feeling an empathy for others. Accepting responsibility for our mistakes and the ability to manage our emotions in difficult situations. So part of knowing thyself is also realizing the importance of having and developing emotional intelligence.
0: And this also then bleeds in very, very quickly into servant leadership. People appreci- does. appreciate somebody who serves, who is able to connect with them, to be able to understand them. They will follow that kind of a person instead of somebody who talks about themselves all the time and is narcissistic and beyond.
1: Mm-hmm. So let me cover the, the 11th principle, Okay, um, mm-hmm. and that is being passionately positive. Average people with positive approaches can achieve great things because when you have a positive approach, your focus is on possibilities. And history has all kinds of examples of individuals, both leaders in business and politics, who achieved great things. They were just average people who achieved great things because they had positive, can-do approach about the things that they worked towards. And the reverse is also true. History shows that there are some very highly talented people, but with their negative approaches, they never reach their full potential. So being passionately positive is a choice. We can absolutely choose to be positive or negative. And actually we can make that choice each and every morning. One of the first things we do when we awaken and get out of bed, because perception is reality. And it's why the glass is always in our minds and our perspective as half full or half empty. Uh, One perspective is a positive approach, Another one is a negative approach, uh, except for I did have an engineer who came to me once uh, when I said that about uh, glass being half full or half empty, and the engineer said to me, well, I'm an engineer, so my, from my perspective, I want to know why the glass is twice as large as it needs to be.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, Greg, so, let, let me tell you one here, too. Is yeah. what I saw. Flight, flight, you know, flying, was invented. Yeah, sure. was invented by optimists parachutes were invented by pessimists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good. I like that. So so it's choice. It's something that we can absolutely determine because you can take two people, as I've said before, put them through the exact same horrible experience. And one will look at it as the worst thing that ever happened to them that redefined their lives, and it was terrible. And the other person will look at it as an unfortunate event that was painful, but now it's over, and it's time just to move forward and keep growing. Both went through the exact same experience. So we can determine each morning, we can choose that we are going to be passionately positive about life, passionately positive about everything that happens that day, and it literally will redefine the things that happen, and how we look at them. So we can start the morning, going back again with those positive self affirmations, having a sense of gratitude, expecting the best. When you are passionately positive, you literally expect the best. And usually, because of that expectation, the best is what often comes your way. We need to stop the negative self-talk. Again, 80% of self-talk is negative and works against us. Being passionately positive means that we associate and socialize primarily with positive can-do people. Now, I try to love everyone and I try to treat everyone with a high level of dignity and respect, whether they're positive or negative, but I choose to primarily associate and to socialize with people who pull me up people who are positive and can do we have to seize control of the negative cultural messages that surround us every day turn it off if you have some news going on in the background and it's beginning to disturb you what they're saying is bothering you why are you allowing that sludge to enter your precious mind and to influence your thinking to pull you down and make you negative or purposely, sometimes they're trying to irritate you. So just go ahead and turn off the chatter uh, as much as possible. Surround yourself with positive music and reading material that inspires and stimulates you. And when watching, you know, TV or streaming services of things that are positive and make you, when they're over, you feel good about uh, what you learned or you feel good about what you saw. Uh, hobbies, friends, again, that are Productive and positive, these are the kind of things that we usually want to surround ourselves with. So why should we be passionately positive? Let me mention a few reasons why. A positive attitude awakens happiness. And happiness doesn't depend on external causes. A lot of people make that mistake. Happiness comes from inside you. It has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside. Being positive increases your motivation because you believe you can begin and finish anything, including your goals. And that motivation pushes us forward It encourages us. It helps us to overcome obstacles. Another reason to be passionately positive if you adopt a positive attitude and you think positively you'll have a better opinion of your self-worth which means you'll have a deeper sense of meaning and purpose you'll feel better about your life purpose better about your value when you adopt a positive attitude and you think positively studies show that people who think positively are usually more energetic and healthy than people who think negatively Again, statistics show that when you think positively your immune system is healthier it repairs itself more quickly if you if you have a disease your body recuperates faster because of that powerful mind body connection that exists in ourselves it shows that thinking positively is actually makes us healthier and then being positive improves our relationships with other people. People tend to gravitate toward and to like positive people. It's like a magnet. They just want to be around those kinds of people. And in the reverse is also true. And people usually begin to keep a distance from negative people. If every mm-hmm. you talk to someone and they're always whining and complaining and uh, you know they're always negative, pretty soon you start avoiding that kind of person because they're pulling you down. You know, that's not a good thing. Uh, positive people bring joy. and They bring happiness. And they energize the environment. So that was the 11th, which is passionately positive. And I hope you will invite me back to talk about principle number 12. There's so much to it. It's embracing your spirituality. And that's a game changer. That takes all of the previous 11 principles and magnifies their influence in our lives, and it literally changes our eternity. So I hope you'll have me back to talk about that in the future, Vic.
0: Well, Greg, you certainly are invited officially right now. In fact, it's a standing invitation to talk about some of the uh, good things that you have produced. I might say that this book, Making Life's Puzzle Pieces Fit, is almost like a tongue twister. (laughs) It's available on Amazon. And the way to find it easily, I just did right now, just experimented, is go to the main address line in Amazon and type in Greg L. Thomas, Greg L. Thomas, and you'll see both of his books come up right at the very beginning there. I feel like it's a good investment. But he wrote this 13 years ago or so, and I might say that in the way that he presents the material, I know Greg, and I know that he's a living testimony to these points. I've known him as a very positive person always in the lectures that he's given to students as, as part of other uh, presentations. He is always very positive and uplifting, and we have appreciated that very much. So we'll then save number 12 for another podcast, which will not be two months from now. It'll be a lot sooner. <laughs> and we'll continue our discussions. We have really appreciated this. And I might just remind you again to subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just go to the main address line in YouTube to find it and type in Leadership Excellence, one word, Leadership Excellence, and you will find his YouTube page. And I advise you and encourage you to subscribe to it. Greg, we have really appreciated your being with us here today.
1: Well, thank you, Vic. As as always, it's uh, enlightening to have a conversation with you and uh, appreciate the invitation and look forward to next time.
0: Thank you very much, Greg. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today for The Cubic Report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words the cubic report. And there we are. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon. For